Thanks for joining me on this journey to building authority online and sharing your message with a world who desperately needs to hear it. I'm your host, Valerie Morris, and I am excited to share today's interview with you. Today's podcast is brought to you by the book, We're All Ears. This is your guide to building influence, impact, and success online in a noisy world. This book is unique because I included experts' knowledge as well as things that I've learned along the way to help give you the tools you need to get your message out there. Without further ado, let's dig in. Well, today I've got Eric Schofield with me, and I am really excited for him to share his perspective. He just sees things from a very different angle than a lot of us marketers do, and um, I'm really excited to hear about what he's been doing over many, many years to tell story and tell message um, and what he's doing today. So, Eric, thanks so much for joining us today. Happy to be here. Love being with Valerie on the phone any day. Any day. <laughs> well, um, you know, I know that you have, I, I know a lot about you, but my listeners may not necessarily know exactly who you are and what you're known for in the world. So why don't you give us a little bit of background about your expertise and what most people know you for? Yeah. So uh, Eric Schofield, uh, you know, in my mid fifties, almost not quite, um, been with uh, Young Life for almost 30 years, kind of was a Young Life kid area director in charge of a city, was uh, a regional director in charge of lots of cities, um, was a senior vice president in charge of lots of states, and then the last uh, four years I've been the chief development officer and uh, Young Life's been around since 1941, sharing Jesus with kids, as kids defined as junior high to college. That's great. Okay, so what what is Young Life... They're, they're out, they're all over the world, right? Like you guys are seeing stuff happen all over. You're, you went from one city or one school, yeah. multiple cities, to multiple states. Now you're, you're kind of overseeing things worldwide. Is that correct? Yeah. So in 1941, uh, or probably it was about 1939, there was a group of women in Gainesville, Texas, who prayed for a ministry to reach kids uh, in their town uh, that did not go to church. We'll go forward, you know, 77, 78 years. Um, we're now a senior citizen in 102 countries and every state in the United States. And we're impacting about, you know, kind of 1.6 million kids. Um, so it, it's grown a lot. We have 35, 36 camps kind of to our name um, all over the world, uh, primarily in the United States. But we have camps in Armenia, the former Soviet Union, kind of right below there, and Nicaragua, um, you know, Canada. So Young Life has definitely grown up. That's great. Now, I know a little bit about Young Life um, with my personal involvement, and just over the years, I've slowly read books from other people from different perspectives in Young Life. But one of the big things that has kind of stuck with me is this concept of earning the right to be heard. And I first heard that phrase from Young Life. Um, it seems like it's a pretty common, like a very core belief or kind of core statement that um, follows Young Life around. Can you give a little bit of context as to what that phrase means and where that comes from? Yeah, so the phrase came from Jim Rayburn. He's, he's the one that said it, um, that you wanna earn the right to be heard. And what he means by that is um, that you, you want to have a relationship first. 
and when the time is right and you know a, a high school kid a friend of ours gets to the point where they're kind of maybe asking the question um, so that, that we earn the right that they know that we care more about them than we do about us kind of giving our message um, that they're in the right place to hear it that uh, another way to look at it would be you know we don't we don't meet a kid on the very first day and say, hey, you ought to go to summer camp with us and put down your money. Um, we, we, want to, we want to know them. We want to know their name. We want to know about them. Um, and then as that relationship progresses, we hope one day, that, you know, we're sitting next to them at a Young Life camp or a Young Life club or some function, a basketball tournament, and they're actually hearing somebody from up front proclaim the good news of Jesus, and they'll have the opportunity to decide what they want to do with that. But we want to we want to work our way in and earn the right to be heard, not just start you know standing on a platform on a street corner and having them hear it. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. So I I kind of take in that phrase and I, I I use it a lot when I'm talking to people about marketing because I think it's a very similar application where people have to earn. Uh, you have to earn the trust of your audience before they're willing to pull out their credit card or to take any sort of action. You have to kind of show that value and build the relationship first um, as well, whether that's in person or digital or, you know, whatever. But um, I think it's a, a phrase that really has a lot of applications beyond just, you know, talking about beliefs or, or faith. I think Jim Rayburn was <laughs> potentially even more wise than we um, you know, even, even consider so far. So, um, thanks for, for sharing that con that concept. Now, what that you mentioned, like going to basketball games and things like that. One of the things that I love about young life is it's just sharing everyday experiences and becoming friends and building that relationship. So how important are relationships and what does that process look like? for kind of getting your message out and in your in young life's terms the relationship does have this you know importance of wanting to share your faith or share your beliefs at some point if it comes up um other people might have other applications but how do, how how important is the relationship and all that so a couple things first of all the relationship is is everything so that earned the right to be heard now i'm in the world of development you know we're trying to raise money to provide fuel to do more young life uh, in places that you know we haven't got to mm. and it's the same thing i was having lunch with a, a friend that i had just met and uh, he said at the lunch he goes well what are you going to ask me for this is the first time we've ever had lunch mm. and i said well i'm going to ask you if we can have lunch again and continue to get to know each other and be friends. Um, we, you know, we, it would have been inappropriate at that juncture to invite him, you know, to give to the ministry of young life when he didn't know anything about it, nor did he really know me. So we've now been friends for 11 months and uh, had lots of opportunities to get to know each other. So go back to, you know, a kid, how do you how do you build a relationship? Well, it's you know very similar to uh, you know my kids played with Legos, right? You you start off with you have a, you have a plan. You know, Mark nine two, Jesus said, um, you know, he was with them and he led them. It starts with the word with. Mm. Got to be with people. Um, 
you have to be with them for a, a good amount of time before then you want to lead them. Now, to lead them, back to the Lego example, you have to have a plan. You know, what are you building? Um, you know, Lego plans are so wonderful because you literally just turn the page and kind of just tells you what you're doing. And before you know it, you've really built this amazing thing. Well, relationships are the same way. We're designed to be in friendship and relationship. And, you know, in Young Life, we call it contact work level one, level two, level three, or um, be seen, um, talk and do things. And then maybe level three um, is actually, you know, going away, you know, doing something more significant, the Young Life Camp for a week. So, um, talk, you know, see, talk, do. Level one, level two, level three. That's the building of a relationship. You know, Jesus met Zacchaeus. The first thing he did is he called him by name. And then he came down. And then they talked. And then he went to his house. And then it unfolds from there. So, you know, it's fun to just think about building relationships and, you know, kind of looking at all of your relationships and even kind of, you know, graphing them out of, of the depth that you have with them or, the amount of time or experiences you've had with them. So anyway, that's the whole concept of building relationships. Wow. I love that. There's, there's so much, so much depth to what you just shared that I think has so many applications for all of us. So I'm so thankful that you shared that. Now, um, when I first got connected with you, one of the first things I learned about was that you have this blog and you've actually had it for many years. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, when you started it and you're not necessarily, um, you're not necessarily out to build this huge digital audience. From what I understand, you're, you're really just wanting to kind of impact the people in your life. But what was the purpose behind starting a blog? Because not a lot of other people in your position have done a similar type of thing. Yeah, it started with, uh, and I'm still trying to, you know, in some ways, I feel like I, I bought a piece of property that had an existing building on it. I'm living in that building, but one day I plan on tearing that building down and, you know, building something bigger. So, <laughs> so I'm not done with what I have set out to do, but it started with, I read the book by Michael Hyatt, Platform, and started to look and thought, you know, I really do have a platform just because of my life and what I've done. So, and I wanted my message to not just be um, stuck into the you know nooks and crannies of the places that that I am, but maybe that I could travel farther. But the, the book platform by Michael Hyatt was definitely an inspiration. So, 2012, mm -hmm. I started the blog. I think I blogged like 176 days straight. Um, I'd get up every morning and I would pick something in my life that I thought had application to other people, and and I'd blog about it. And um, I put different messages on there, different, different types of things, and, and have realized that I mean, I've met people many times who said, oh, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've read that on your blog. I've seen that on your blog. So I know it works, that my message got out there. <laughs> um, and, but it's, it's really, my message is, is trying to uh, impact, uh, impact the world, impact people, um, have an impact. So that, that's kind of the goal of my life. The blog is one piece of it. And there's other things that, you know, are the same. So you read this book. What was your, what was your job or your role at the time? When I read that book, 
I was the regional director of the South Coast region, which was San Diego County, Orange County, Riverside County. Okay. And then about uh, maybe a year in, I became the senior vice president, um, maybe two years in, of the Southwestern Division, which is five states. And and then, you know, life got a little bit crazy because, you know, four, year, four and a half years ago, we moved to Colorado and that was not an easy thing for our family. We seemed to have survived it. We seemed to have landed on our feet, but that was a tumultuous little two years in, in our world because we'd always been in the field in young life, kind of on the front mm-hmm. lines. And now we were taking kind of more of a back office, kind of a service position that, uh, and moving, you know, from 10 years in yeah. San Diego. Uh, moving somewhere new. But anyway, that's, that was kind of, so I really, while having that blog, I've had three different very unique jobs. Yeah. Well, I just think it's very interesting because there aren't a lot of people, and, and I, I've gotten to know a handful of regional directors and area directors and people in direct ministry that are in similar types of roles that you were in when you were starting this and really fleshing it out. Um, there's a lot of people that, that it would never even, they'd read that book that it would never cross their mind to start a blog or to stick with it for such a long amount of time. And I know even recently, you know, you, I don't think you've been posting nearly as much, but you still post from time to time when there's relevant things that you're, you're wanting to share. So I think it's, it's neat because you've got this platform that you can come back to over and over again. So I mean, my long-term, right. my long-term plan is, is, uh, is to write a book. It's been on my to-do list for, well, five or six years. I've yeah. started it a number of times, but I think I, I think I finally have my, my scaffolding and I think I'm going to be able to, you know, kind of get at it. And yeah. I think I'm going to be able to get at it with some of the same kind of kernels and seeds that are found in the blog. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people do that too. A lot of people, ter- you know, use the blog concepts and in their own, on, in their own application to kind of flesh out a few ideas, um, you know. And then that's like you're saying, it's the scaffolding or the framework that they then use to go deeper into those concepts into a book. So it makes perfect sense that that you've got this this concept, and I love that it's something that you've been okay with just letting it grow and be what it is for many years. So, um, so one of the things that I learned from you or a, a phrase, you know, I took earning the right to be heard. I took that phrase from Jim Rayburn, but um, maybe you got this from someone else, but I first heard it on your blog was this phrase of collecting friends. And um, what, what is your vision or your, your thought behind that phrase? And, and how has had having this large collection of friends or, or growing a friend collection impacted you and your work? Yeah, so, I mean, today I got a text from uh, a person that now is, you know, works at Nike. It's, you know, kind of up, up in the upper echelon there. Got a text from him. It's kind of fun to look back. Um, I coached him in sixth grade, and it was in sixth grade that his mother um, – passed away. It was kind of a really, really hard little sixth grade basketball season. I'll never forget going to this funeral with, you know, nine sixth graders all dressed up. And so we sat two rows behind our fellow player. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of, 
I've followed this kid his whole life. You know, this is just one example, but there's great, it's incredible to be able to, you know, connect with him and have a cup of coffee and realize, my gosh, we have known each other since you were, you know, 10 years old. Hmm. And um, now you're a dad and you have two kids and, 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 and we still share life, you know, we still share life. So I actually stole the phrase. I had a guy come speak to my, uh, my got kind of guys group. I had about 30 guys I met with on Sunday nights and I had a pastor, pastor Morris Dirks come and speak to us. And he was the first person I ever heard say that phrase, collect friends. Mm. And he, and he said that of himself. He said, you know, I'm a, I'm a friend collector. Some people collect stamps. Some people collect rocks. Some people collect coins. He said, I collect relationships. And uh, so I t- absolutely 100% stole it at that moment, <laughs> claimed it as my own. And, you know, our, our house operates like a bed and breakfast. The phone rings at all, you know, kind of times. And we just have an open door policy in terms of, especially if you have that, that VIP pass, which is we've been friends for a long time, right? I mean, a new friend is just as important, but oh my gosh, if you hear from somebody who you've known for 20 years, you know, just, it's just such a gift. So we, you know, our little wedding list when we got, Marty and I got married was, I don't know how many it was, so we'll call it 200, but you know, it's up to, I don't know, 470. And, you know, we just kind of collect people as we go along and scoop them up and, and, and share life. And you've, you've found like, I mean, that just makes your own personal life so much more rich. I mean, obviously I'm sure you rub off on other people, but I bet it's probably pretty rewarding, you know, on the selfish side of things, right? Like life is just so much more rich. Yeah. I'll give you an example. When Marty and I first got married, we did a new year's Eve party um, at our house and we invited, I think it was, I think it was seven other couples. Let me see if this is right. And we tried, we called it um, something about generations. And we literally had a couple in their 20s, a couple in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Wow. We had eight, we had eight couples, and they, were, they spanned every decade. Now, if you want to have a rich experience, as a, and we were, Marnie and I at that time were the couple in the 30s. I mean, if you want to have a rich experience, sit at a table and experience that um, and talk life and talk um, spiritual life and talk financial life and talk, you know, parenting and talk. I mean, it didn't matter what the topic was. It was a very rich night. And so we, uh, we you know, again, we, we really enjoy the fact that we have friends that are not married, you know, they're getting married to people that have been married for 60 years to, people that are, you know, been single and they're in their fifties. I mean, just all of it, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, it's like a, it's like a quilt and the tapestry on the backside is, can be messy, but on the front side, it's like, wow, that's beautiful. Mm. Wow. That's really fun. That's a great story. Wow. It makes me want to go host a New Year's Eve party like that. You can do it. I can. Well, it's funny because I'm actually in a Bible study with a bunch of women from all different generations um, and different age groups. And until my parents moved out here about a year and a half ago, um, we didn't have any other family that 
outside of our generation that was here in Colorado. So I really enjoyed it. They were, they were like my great aunts, you know, and, um, and now my mom's here. So I, I still have, you know, my mom's here. So I, I feel like I've got that older, older wisdom, but I still love all those friendships. I just, I think there's such great wealth to that. So a New Year's Eve party would be really interesting though to do that. So a lot of different music tastes. Yes. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. Well, and I bet if you're thinking through New Year's resolutions too, that would be pretty interesting to hear an 80 year old. We actually do, uh, we do a thing called mind maps on New Year's where you get a, uh, what is it? A two by three foot cardboard poster. We get felt pens, we turn on music and everybody kind of puts half kind of 2018 in review and then half kind of what are your goals for the next year? And then everybody stands up and presents their mind map. And uh, we've done that a number of years and it's a, uh, it's a fun thing to do. That's great. Wow. I like that. New year's resolutions. I, I, I don't know. They stress me out sometimes. So I like the mind map idea because that could evolve. Don't be stressed. Don't be stressed. Don't be stressed. <laughs> Oh, I just have too many things I want to do to narrow it down to just a few. But anyways. Um, okay, so you obviously have the blog, um, and I know that you have used a handful of different um, digital techniques to get the word out about not just what, you know, building friendships or whatnot, but I know that you've been able to use them strategically to get the word out about young life. And I see a lot of people in young life doing that and whether it's to kids or to parents or to donors. And I know you're doing, you're focusing now on donors in a, in a big way with your role currently, but how have you seen digital communication channels work in positive ways to spread ideas and build momentum? Well, you never know what will kind of catch. Uh, we did a, a little Malibu piece maybe a year and a half ago and it just it, it caught I mean we did it at other places and it caught you know, it, it ended up I don't remember the numbers but it was one of those things where you're like wow this has got a life of its own and it's scratching um, where people are itching um, I I think that you know I have I'm I obviously um, have a LinkedIn page I'm not looking for a job but it's a platform. Twitter mm -hmm. is a platform. Instagram is a platform. Facebook is a platform. All of those are different venues where people can feel like they're part of your life. I'm sure everybody on this you know, call or podcast, you've had the experience where you've run into somebody and you kind of said something like, oh, you know, that wedding looked amazing. And you realize that they never talked about it. You didn't talk about it. You're actually just picking right up in your relationship from something you saw on social media, you know, two weeks before. Yeah. So social media is, you know, I'm sure there's lots of negatives to it, but the positives of it are you can continue to uh, enhance relationships, uh, keep contact with multiple relationships, keep track of relationships, um, and also get your message out. So that's good. I'm going to let you ask a question. Uh, I was just asking, how have you seen it affect things in the positive way? Um, yeah, so social media us, is a huge piece of that too. Yeah, I mean, we we had we we put a little blurb on my LinkedIn page one day uh, about a project that we had going on the East Coast, and somebody that is my relationship on the West Coast 
knew that they had a relative from the East Coast, and so they shared it with them, and they ended up, you know, really connecting with this project. I mean, had I not had that on my LinkedIn page, that would have never happened. Um, and so the ability for someone to hit forward mm -hmm. or to share it, I mean, it, it ends up being uh, a really incredible tool. So I've seen it, you know, it has the ability to act like a trampoline. You know, a trampoline, if you ever jumps on one, you feel like you could jump higher and farther and you can kind of jump forever and it's so easy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having a social media presence is, is a platform, is a, is a trampoline. It's like, wow, I'm able to kind of jump more and do some more things than if I just live my kind of linear life. So, I, you know, different people intersect with different places. I think it's the way that I say it with my staff is we need to have a lot of bobbers in the water. The, the analogy that I use there is that uh, when you go fishing, uh, I went to Woodleaf one time and there were nine poles in the rack. My son and I went fishing and I put a bobber in the water and he put a bobber in the water and we were waiting for fish. Well, after a little while, I thought, wait a minute, there's nobody else here. Campers don't come for three hours. So we got all the fishing poles out and <laughs> cast them all into the pond. And we had nine bobbers in the water at the same time. So why fish with one pole when technology is giving you the ability to put bobbers in the water with nine poles and you never know, uh, you know, how that will impact or touch. I mean, um, certainly I can keep more relationships today than I could have 10 years ago because of technology. That's amazing. I love that fishing pole analogy. I've never, never thought about it that way, but that's really brilliant. I love it. So have you seen social media allow you to, like you just said just now, it allows you to have a lot more relationships. Have you seen it where you're able to actually go deeper with people because you're able to stay kind of in, in, in contact in the meantime? So then those face-to-face -face times are more rich. Have you seen any instances where that's been the case? Yeah, I mean, I would say it, it keeps the relationship um, alive and fresh. And what I mean by that is uh, there was a restaurant that opened up in Salem, Oregon a long time ago, and it was called Hot and Now. Uh, so I think it was, they were trying to co copy in and out. And the, okay. the, it was hot now. And you could go through simple menus, only drive through. Um, and they had the most colorful flags, uh, bright blue and yellow building. And it was just it, brand new asphalt. It, it, was, it was hot now. Well, after about six months, it closed. And the most amazing thing to me was after it closed, how fast the flags, you know, flags came down. Weeds came out of the asphalt, the building got dingy, just it happened in like just weeks um, mm. because it wasn't kept up. So what social media allows us to do is keep up with relationships that we couldn't keep up with if we didn't have social media. So that when you're when you're together, you actually have kept up with each other's lives and you can pick it up from there. So I wouldn't say that it is a place of a relationship, it doesn't doesn't in and of itself cause a, a deeper relationship but mm -hmm. what it does is it keeps the restaurant open so that when it's time to go in there's no weeds coming out of the asphalt 
building's still, you know, yellow and blue, flags are still in the air, and we can now go in and continue where we were. Mm. Um, before social media, a relationship at some point would stop. You moved, you stopped going to that school, you graduated, you, and there wasn't, there was no way to kind of keep that thing alive. Um, mm. And I think social media allows you to keep it alive. I like that. That's a great, great story. Yeah, it allows you to keep the weeds down and have that place to come back to, to go deeper. That's great. Yeah. So you've built up, you took Michael Hyatt's words to heart, started building this platform. You've got, you've been sharing a message for many, many years now that you feel is extremely important for all kids and really all humans to hear. Um, everyone that's listening here probably has some message that they want to get out to the world. If you had just one or two pieces of advice to give to someone who is wanting to go influence the world, share their message, and have people really respond to it, what would you tell them? You know, I mean, I tell people that you need kind of three things to make your life uh, a value. You need a, a Paul, you need a Barnabas, and you need a Timothy. So again, this is not, you know, this could be from Howard Hendricks, but the Paul is that older person who pours into your life that you're, 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 you are growing. There's some mechanism by which a Paul is pouring into your life and you're learning, you're growing, you're you're teachable, you're changing, you're not, you're not stagnant, you're reading books, you're going to classes, you're, you know, you're trying a new workout program, you're, you have a person or something that's above you pouring into you, okay, and then, and then you have Barnabas, you have a community around you that you're doing life with, and that you are, you know, you got a little project, you need somebody to help you move a, you know, a refrigerator or a box, these are the people that you call Everybody, without a, a community around you, um, you you will be lonely. I mean, people need this. They need somebody pouring in. They need they need that community, and then you need a Timothy. You need that person. Again, these could be three female names. These could be uh, not necessarily specific people, but at a place like I coach a sixth grade basketball team, and I pulled the guys together last night because there was a little issue at our game on Sunday. Some feelings that were hurt. We you know, sat right around last night with those guys, and I poured into them, and I taught them how to look somebody in the face and say how, what they're feeling, and, you know, and to, to receive that and say, you know what, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. It. I mean, it was like pulling teeth to get it to happen, but I'm pouring into these guys. I'm teaching them about life and about the game of basketball. And so I think those three things in conjunction make your life count. Um, you know, they, they say that the current generation is the iGen, like iPhone. You know, mm. it's the most connected generation that we've ever had. It's the loneliest generation we've ever had. And I think it gets lonely when you remain in your own life versus looking up at where you can, you know, glean from the people above you, look down, what can you give back, and who can you walk life with and be known and be vulnerable. And so... Uh, those are the things that make me kind of operate. I don't know if that's, is that an answer to the question? Exactly? Yeah, that's, that's great. That's really great. It's, it's all about having this, this strategic people in your life so that you have 
you have what you need to be able to pour into others and, and to build relationship in a healthy way. So, you know, just one other, on that note, you know, I have, uh, I think I just finished my 16th year with a covenant group. Uh, we we have gone away the weekend before Thanksgiving for 16 straight years. Eight guys. I'm one of the eight. Um, we share life. We we almost do a 360 review from our kids, from our wives, uh, for people that we work with. We set our goals for the next year. We you know we pray for each other. We vulnerable. But 16 straight years, same eight guys. Um, th- this this is good stuff. Wow. Well, I, I don't know if I can, I don't, I don't know if I have a long enough track record to, to beat that, but I do have some people in my life that have been around for quite some time and looking forward to being able to say that about them someday. So that's amazing. If people want to learn more about you and to check out your blog and learn more about what you're doing in the world, where can people find you? Uh, well, my blog is pretty simple, ericscofield.com. And, uh, and then, you know, you can email me at ejscofield at me.com and I'd be happy to help in any way that I can. be happy to brainstorm, uh, help you think through your platform. Um, yeah, happy to. Great. Well, thanks so much, Eric. I appreciate your time and all the amazing wisdom that you shared. Anytime. And thank you for, for all that you've done to help me with my platform. <laughs>